0: sort of getting that full 360 uh, degree view uh, of your farm uh, and I think that's where we've sort of been focusing.
1: G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast with your host Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the the Farms Advice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Advice and let's get into this episode. Good morning, farmers from wherever you're listening to this episode. This is August AgTech Month, and we kick it off with the very first episode with Hamish Munro from Pear Tree Intelligence. We wanted to highlight what types of AgTech are out there working for the farmers in different areas of the farm and. And all the office so that you can get a little bit more out of your daily routine. Get some time and all money back in your pocket. So let's get into this first episode of Hamish Munro. Well, Hamish, welcome to the Wise Podcast. Great to have you here and great to be watching on your journey the whole way through. So welcome.
0: Yeah, thanks, Jack. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the chat today.
1: Absolutely. Now I think a few listeners will be keen to have a look inside of like what you've been doing, how you set yourself up and actually what Pear Tree is. But before we get into that, tell us a bit about your background, your connection and how you ended in this role of being the founder.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, Quick version really is as fifth generation farmer from central New South Wales. So we had a uh, family property based at Cumnock, sort of in, right in the middle of Orange and Dubbo. Um uh, and I um, went away to school, and then came back, did a year in the territory, worked consolidated pastoral company, uh, Vern Station up Timmer Creek in the territory. Um, came back, did uh, a bachelor in management and rum drinking at Orange Ag for a number of years, and then um, came home and so uh, started two thousand. Got well, sorry, uh, finished ag college in ninety nine, and and that was probably where my ag tech uh journey started really because um the EU market was just kicking off and so we had a laptop in the cattle yards in 99 uh utilizing the EID tags or the NLIS tags but uh in in the cattle's in the cattle's ear and and just working through that so that was good um and through that you know we're trading about a thousand steers a year we um I was also sort of doing three thousand acres of cropping mostly Wheat and canola, and then um, one of Dad's brothers was sort of looking after the sheep enterprise, which was self-replacing uh, merinos as well as um, you know sort of crossbred lambs and, and that off that. So we had sort of thirteen thousand odd years uh, on the uh, property as well.
1: Before let's go back to the NT. we you actually using some any ag tech whatsoever up there. Back in the other day. Uh, yeah,
0: no, that was in '96. So that was basically the end of the wild west so yep. then was no oh and s um cattle were pretty wild plenty of horns you know uh and and all of that so the breedings uh, you know was really um uh, becoming a pace to breed out the the uh horn and get more Yeah. uh and then there you know sort of um particularly with with the um the breeding and controlling of bulls and things like that it was was um still quite difficult at that stage so you know they're quieting their stock down actually went back to the same station only three years later and uh they'd spent a massive amount of time uh putting laneways in uh and sort of going from the traditional just you know sort of three helicopters bulging cattle into the yards uh, to sort of more sort of quieter approach of um, helicopters into laneways, and then you know Utes and bikes sort of just tailing them back into the yards and 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 that. So so yeah, it was, there was a huge change in that sort of late nineties, early nineties.
1: What sort of what things did you bring back from the NT that you could use in Central West New South Wales? Was there anything that sort of related?
0: Yeah, look, particularly, you know, because the cattle were, uh, you know, uh, reasonably, you know, sort of, I don't know, wild, but, you know, yeah. untamed, That just the, the the animal management and uh, just sort of tailing the stock out, whitening them down and, and that sort of thing, um, but particularly just reading the stock as well, you know, sort of how to uh, see them if they were going to break out and how to, you know traditionally what they call the ringing, uh, ring the cattle and, and sort of keep them either moving forward or sort of slow them down by using their natural sort of movements uh, uh, that they have along the fence sort of thing. So, yeah, that was really interesting, just really learning that stockmanship piece of the uh, of livestock.
1: Yeah, and so vastly different to what, and also how big their mobs up are uh, up there. Um, mm. Plenty of people coming out of Orange Ag as well. That'd be yep. probably a good thing to kick off in those networks um because i've talked to so many people out there and turns out they came from orange ag and they're doing some pretty good things from there yeah. but how have you landed into pear tree talk to me about the journey um going into pear tree intelligence and what actually started it for you
0: yeah so um unfortunately or fortunately uh, you know succession planning or unplanning was really why i've landed here with dad and his two brothers uh unfortunately couldn't sort of uh keep the business together and, and sort of move it into more of a you know sort of a, a corporate type structure. And so um I'd make the decision to to move off farm. I worked for a small chemical company for a number of years, uh from 2012 to 2015. Um but prior to that I was um uh also a councillor on cattle council, uh New South Wales uh, cattle committee and did paper stuff on NFF as well. So those those, both both the the chemical company and the um uh, experience and and sort of working uh, for the beef industry uh really really formulated you know sort of that there's more to ag um uh, well there's more that's needed for ag into the future with the integrity and the compliance that was that i could see that you know market access and and that would be required for for the industry and and um i had started uh, a tech company uh, in 2012 and I finished up on the farm as well firstly looking at governance and and because of my experiences through the through the um the you know the representative uh, industry and policy and and that for the industry I, I I saw that that governance was something that was really important but you know meeting structures and all that wasn't uh wasn't as, as good as it could have been and I thought I could digitize that um so that was my first failed failure as a as a founder so I ticked that box thinking that I could design something that people would adopt um and so then um because I had sort of developer talent and access to to that sort of um New South Wales DPI I asked us to help them in orange uh, connect to um different research uh stations that were about 30 Ks apart one in Milo and in one in orange and we did that and we started doing the visualization and and then yeah uh pear tree that was really the where pear tree started
1: beautiful and was it like a few moments on your own like on the family farm before you split from there um that you wanted to pull some data together or it was from the research from Molong and Orange stations that you were sort of that was the initiation
0: yeah no it was you know sort of as I said we we had sort of a full gross margin of every animal that we were trading in 99 uh going through you know utilizing the the EID tags and, and things like that but it was then you know we had massive spreadsheets of what our cropping rotations were you know what our fertilizers uh were both pasture and both cropping you know liming programs um and then also sort of you know animal treatments and and all of those sort of things so I could just see that, you know, I knew that there was apps the sort of coming through that would would solve this issue, but just juggling that was, was you know, where we were and then GPS coming in and all these other bits and pieces for, you know, variable rate, that you know, opportunities that we're sort of here and, and now sort of um, usual daily sort of activities.
1: Beautiful. So Petri Intelligence is the name. What is it in around 60 seconds or so can you... Give us a sort of download of what it is, who it's for.
0: Yeah. So uh Pear Tree, we've got about 130 different integrations. So what that means is different AgTech suppliers. So what we enable is firstly for a farmers to be, have flexibility and choice to connect whatever they choose for their budget and and for their farming operation to, to connect into, you know, other services. Now we basically help agronomists or agribusinesses or uh, consultants really provide services to farmers so farmers can connect in their livestock management or their farm management software as well as their soil probes or their weather stations as well as you know sort of other other data feeds to help an agronomist make a decision about what should happen to that crop um you know because not there's not one app out there that does absolutely everything you know that's where we come in and allow different things to sit next to each other compliment each other but the agronomist to not be prescriptive about you know you have to have this thing and that thing um because we've got 16 different weather stations that we can, can be connected and things like that
1: they're yeah, beautiful and like full disclosure we're actually using it on our farm and um the dashboards for us probably started off quite simply um and then looking to build them out with our ag tech and what we're doing on our own farm. So you've got farmers and consultants utilizing it. How does it sort of differ for the two or is it the, like it's speaking to each other as you go along with the seasons?
0: Yeah. So like pear tree plus, which is what you've got is, you know, we see that as a contextual piece. So it's got spray mate, which you use reasonably regularly to to plan your spraying. Um, but then it's also got livestock and crop uh, crop markets sort of uh, there as well as some basic satellite imagery, 100-year weather forecast and that. But the way we want it is then you can connect, you know, CBO Labs or OptiWay or, you know, sort of your AgriWeb or, you know, sort of any of the weather stations, soil probes, tank monitors, farm bot stuff, whatever, uh, to, to connect all that together. But we see then that data can then be shared with permission and I wouldn't mind to talk to you about the. NFF's farm data code you know later on but with permission to um drive you know share some of that data so that the farmer doesn't have to double enter that to that agronomy service or to you know we work with Syngenta uh largest crop protection company in the world about you know some disease modeling and things like that so that's where the farmers can actually you know start opting their data into uh services rather than having to manually and double enter the stuff time and time again
1: yeah, music to our ears as a farmer as well, but also probably a lot out there because that could be the hump of re really having to put their information, their data back into a separate app for that. Now 100%. building out a startup ag tech, um, being in your unique position of having those over 130 partners, what's it been like sort of setting this up? You're sort of you're very different to others because you're talking, you want to talk to every other. Ag tech out there. How has that sort of been viewed as an Ag tech startup?
0: Yeah, so you know because of my uh, background, I sort of knew that um, you know everything had to collaborate. So we've taken a near position of complementing, not competing with any of the ag tech companies. So every time I integrate an ag tech company, you know I want to add value to the the ag tech but also the farmer. So the farmers invested a dollar into that expecting you know like a, a weather station is an interesting one you know everyone buys a weather station to find out how much rain they've had or how hot and cold it is but you know humidity is is one of the key metrics that is caught by you know a weather station now For pantry if we can grab humidity and give it to a disease model, or give it to a fire risk model, or give it to vapor for an irrigation, or you know, sort of looking at you know a whole range of other other pieces that you know humidity spray, you know, sort of for delta T and and um, spraying and all of that. So you know, like that's that's where we want to take the metrics from the devices that farmers have and put them into new services that consultants or agronomists or people that are far smarter than me can. Um, Build, you know, sort of apps and tech over the top of of those devices and, and apps that collect the, 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 the data on farm.
1: Yeah, the applications sort of tend to go on and on. It's just whatever the sort of user wants to build them out as well. But from what you've seen, what sort of data are farmers collecting? What are those low-hanging fruits? Are they just looking to pair their weather station to going out spraying or like the livestock indicators as the dashboard that we're using most frequently what you are, what are you seeing from your side or what are the questions raised and everything
0: yeah because i've got a background in in livestock uh one that i, I see that is most interesting as of the moment is really there's a real sweet spot somewhere between you know when these are these guys that you've spoken to when you podcast podcast before sort of optiway with then with your pasture from sebo labs with with uh weather stations with then agriweb or you know sort of a mobile or you know sort of the livestock management software um platforms as well so really sort of getting that full 360 uh, degree view uh, of your farm. Uh, and I think that's where we've sort of been focusing. But similarly, you know, we're doing GRDC and, and Grain Innovate is an investor uh, through the artesian guys with us as well. And we're just doing some some frost and heat stress modelling with CSIRO. And and again, you know, with that coupled with the sort of the disease stuff that we're doing with Syngenta, there's some really big, um opportunities within the the grains and the oil seeds uh to to look at how frost and heat stress coupled with disease can sort of uh you know constrain uh you know production really
1: good stuff and you dropped in before about the nff farm code it's been launched this week talk to us about that and how important it is to have that data secure
0: yeah, so that's, you know, so I've sat on that uh, committee for the last 18 months with two huts as a farmer and also as a as a tech provider. And, you know, the ultimate goal for me was really just to allow farmers to have the transparency of, you know, what is um, going to happen with their data and to make sure that they particularly benefit uh, from their data, and you know, because I see in the future, you know, Pear Tree's position ourselves to make sure they are totally transparent and, and and value to the farmers data so we want to make sure that you know farmers can benefit more and and benefit doesn't really have to come through particularly a dollar value uh you know it, because you know we, the temperature mightn't be a very much of a you know sort of a real material co- uh, value to the to the farmer or whoever would buy that buy that metric as such but if if you can provide you know just two or three metrics from a weather station to a disease model and that can tell you not to spray or to spray you know a week or two earlier and there's you know uh, you know ten thousand dollars uh worth of chemical that you've saved or half a ton a hectare uh, of grain that you've you've gained like there that's a material value um that you know sort of the farmers can benefit from but they need to understand and see, uh, you know, what that data, how that's going to be used. So, so yeah, so that's that's what it's all about is just creating that transparency layer and making sure that farmers benefit from any data that they share.
1: Yeah, well, out of that, both parties should be learning, um, if not saving their time, saving some money down the track, and actually seeing how that can work for them. Um, I've seen some a fair few people worried about it though, and it's great. Like this, the it's the committee. It's NFF is a committee, yeah. is it? Oh, National uh, well, Farmers. Committee
0: of and committee that. of the farms, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And what's the future of data, the projects and everything that you've worked on with MLA? How does that sort of prove this or how? what are your workings around it?
0: Yeah, so back in 2018, um, you know, uh, MLA through their AGM had the Red Meat Digital Forum 2018 at Karwoola uh, near Coimbeam so um that was really our first test case into the industry so our focus at that stage was really about data centralization so there was five farms five different connectivities so sort of satellite two lots of LoRaWAN, Sigfox which is sort of like farm scale wi-fi type things uh and cellular so um there was 15 different providers 25 different device types 280 devices spread across those those five farms. And we had about six weeks to pull it all together. So we did that. Um, and that was really, you know, that first step that MLA had really supported to um, you know, blue sky, you know, what is the value of data and and can can ag tech talk to each other? So we sort of certainly proved that. And then we've spent the last couple of years working on and off with MLA to to get to a point of data convergence. Uh, and so data convergence which is really about aligning the um the the data that comes from all of this ag tech to fit with uh an integrity program or an emissions program or you know compliance programs for you know market access and things like that and so you know as we started off in the conversation when I was on cattle council I could see that um you know that was how the we needed to to utilize on-farm data to minimize that that double handling and you know we're basically now at the at the start line the you know fairtree has been leading this we've we've proved that that we can pull data from uh you know key key providers to to fill out you know uh, something like the lpa uh, um um plat- you know sort of the compliance uh, platform sort of thing or the greenhouse accounting framework for sheep and beef uh, that, that Professor Richard Eckhart has done. We we did a couple of projects with with MLA to to prove that. So now we've done that just as as a one-on-one farmer type approach. But yeah, we're sort of keen to now roll that out into you know more farmers and scale and sort of work through the different nuances that uh, you know are required to to do that. So farmers don't have to double enter. Data that can can be recognised for their emissions or recognised for, you know, how they how they raise their, their their cattle or how they sort of, what they do or don't spray on their crops to get access into the EU market and, and things like that.
1: Yeah, that compliance piece is really sort of growing for the different sort of um, buzzwords and the trends of where agriculture is going, especially for the carbon markets. Have you had the introduction into that and how data plays a key role in like, if you, if we're not measuring as farmers, we can't actually come up with that project or we can't show evidence of what we're doing on farm is actually improving, um, for that. And how's that working with pear tree currently?
0: Yeah. So we're we're talking to a few of the, the key, uh, carbon guys at the moment, because it's like, there's the interesting thing is, is why did the carbon change? and so you know we can measure the soil moisture. well you know the farmers measuring soil moisture and soil temperature uh, you know civil labs or you know satellite imagery is is doing biomass and and all of that sort of stuff through farm management software or or livestock management software um there's the the stock are in the paddocks or the crops are in the paddocks and and then you know this that or the other has has changed so the um I see that particularly long term that the 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 activities uh, are going to be the key things that that are going to you know help sort of measure that where that you know the fundamental baseline has been created for these for these um these carbon projects because it's like you can't test enough soil to, to you know in a project to, to you know sort of be completely compliant and and the integration and and pulling in more data because rainfall uh, has such a huge effect on on the retention or you know uh, loss of loss of carbon and, and just those through weather stations and and all of that sort of uh, all key to to really painting that picture to to help probably hedge uh, the the um, the farmer and protect the farmer if it if it does go into a drought but the activities that they've done have been maintained and and can be proven through connecting to different apps and and different um data sources
1: absolutely and like from the farmers end, I think it's pretty exciting from the farmers to actually have this information whether we want to work with it or not out in the paddock or in the office um, looking for these sort of projects even even going down um, sustainability sort of loans and getting those improvements um, on the farm we're all looking to be more profitable and sustainable as we go but you mentioned ChatGPT and any ramifications this may have for farmers, for anyone out there that has already sort of dabbled in it, had a look at it. Um, it's sort of gone quiet in the media now. What what does this mean, ChatGPT for farmers?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, ChatGPT works as a large language model. So, you know, it's out there scraping, uh, scrolling the world for information about anything that you know uh, people asking questions about now the beauty of agriculture uh, is that you know every farmer uh, treats their land differently and um, everyone's got different successional issues or different uh, budgets or you know age and and um, you know sort of academic sort of situations. so just looking at a satellite imagery over the top you can't actually know exactly what's happening on that land or you know what what particular chemical has been sprayed what group type or how many uh, how many tons of of fertilizer has actually been applied and whether they're mining that country or not so getting to chat gpt chat gpt under perfect conditions could grow the best crop in the in the world you know in five or ten years time maybe but chat gpt has to or will have to sort of uh be driven by the farmers you know and knowing what what historic uh, activities have been done and so you know pear trees at the forefront of, of enabling this by you know sort of creating that 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 conduit if there was you know i think it's farmer's edge in in the us has norm at the moment but uh, which is that their version of chat gpt for farms but you still don't know what chemicals what rotations uh need to be there what varieties you know sort of what fertilizer you know the whether you know we've got clients that have got um lateral irrigators and they've got sandy uh blocks so you know from a satellite it doesn't look like a lot of crop grew there but they ran out of water one year and they actually turned their their lateral off for a fair section so um so that that the yield uh from from a NDVI uh is actually you know been affected by the farmer because he didn't actually water a, a large section of one of the fields so there's all of these little things that you know if you follow chat GPT in its, in its most holistic uh approach then you know it it won't be as good as as being able to supply information and then having you know an agronomist double check it to make sure that um that's you know sort of the most appropriate sort of recommendation for that panic
1: Yeah, so ChatGPT, what I've seen, um, not to reference TikTok or anything, but it's only as good as what the prompts are that you're putting in to it as well, which is probably plays out for a lot of other things. But if you're a really good prompter and you know what to sort of type out in text um, and get those answers, you can sort of dial down to improve it each time, every time, rather than just leaving it with the first instance that you get.
0: Yeah, and funnily enough, uh, just talking to some some guys last week, uh, probably actually at the Azure Tech Awards, and and they were laughing that there's actually new jobs now that um, query experts, and so they're just you know sort of uh, what well, you know, young guys just uh, or girls uh, that can just you know ask lots of good questions. Yes, <laughs> so that's now a job. So yeah, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of jobs coming up like that, especially with this new information and technology. It's pretty exciting, though, but also from the far, farmer's end, um, being a bit on the warier side um, can play a pretty important role as well to build out, be more profitable in the end. But talk to me about barriers and challenges and what you're seeing in ag tech, what you've seen um, from your first sort of instance over the years for farmers.
0: Yeah, Look, I think one of the barriers, which I think is an opportunity long term, is that at the moment, you know, venture capital is fueling all of us to to create more apps, more services, more sensors, and and all of that sort of stuff. So, farmers at the moment are sort of just really you know, getting overwhelmed, and and um, there's too much coming at them. And how do I juggle it? On you know, and and all of that sort of stuff. And it's it's um like we've seen a couple of collapses of a couple of very large us companies in the last few months uh particularly in ag that just got too big too top heavy they started off they had a good client uh offering but they keep on adding more and more stuff and then suddenly they're irrelevant to basically everyone because they're not doing enough for the broader audience right and they're they're doing too uh too much for their their original sort of clients and i think that's um, you know where pear tree and you know others that sort of start to come into this integration space is that allows ag tech companies to be laser focused just on whatever their lane is and really you know be the expert and keep on drilling inwards rather than keep on expanding outwards, which sort of um you know, and so farmers then can pick and choose and have flexibility of. You know, things that really fit there as I keep on coming back to their budget or their operation, you know, like it's they there'll be lower end budget type things. And then, you know, if they work and then you get benefit out of it, you can move up to a higher end budget uh, type thing in that same sort of vertical as such. So I think that's where long term, I think the um, there'll be less you know, reliant, or, you know, less expectation for everyone to be everything to everyone and be that silver bullet it's going to be that you'll just need to you know have a um a suite of things that sort of capture the the key data sets that you need to manage your farm or to uh tick off on your compliance or your your esg or your stewardship or or um or you just want to go to bali and hang out and just look at everything remotely from from um your, uh, from your phone
1: yeah, so sort of getting the ag techs sort of playing in their own paddocks and going vertically integrated to dive a bit deeper into what they do and what they know.
0: Yeah. And I think that's like, it's interesting, you know, the disease modeling stuff they're doing with Syngenta at the moment, you know, so there's some weather station providers at the moment that feel that they've now just got to add a weather state, oh, sorry, a, a disease model on top of their offering now. Who knows where they get that from? Do they have to pay a licence fee for that? You know, it's totally within uh, their opportunity to, you know, sort of service their farmers from it. But, you know, is it the best one? Is it going to be the most reliable? Who knows? You know, there's a, there's plenty of companies that uh, could could come and just be an absolute expert in, you know, sort of blight in apples or something like that. And um, so then apple growers can just go to, to that particular disease modelling tool hook in whatever their weather stations are and and then know that they're 100 on on that sort of um you know sort of disease risk uh, and how to how to you know control it
1: so the placement of Tree, you're sort of sitting in between these tools to integrate their data to sort of overlay them together um on a dashboard is that the case and is that how people are using it
0: yeah, so part of the NFF data code, you know, we act as probably a bit of an intermediary. There's 16 different things that come out of a weather station. So if a disease model only needed humidity and temperature and, and leaf wetness or something like that, we could just give those three basic things to the, the disease model and keep the other, you know, sort of 13 things behind. And then similar to farm management software, if they needed you no know, crop type you know sowing date and things like that there's a hundred different things that are probably in a farm management software and and again, we just give three so you know out of 116 things fair tree sort of is able to be that gatekeeper and just say do you want to switch on this disease model it will have these 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 six things of 116 and the farmer can just easily say yes or no they don't have to try and tick on things tick off things or whatever like we're just trying to make that really easy
1: yeah, exactly. And talking about going in depth into ag techs and everything, let's go into depth to Pear Tree. We've talked about the ag tech space and what's happening, Chat etc. et cetera. Who's Pear Tree Intelligence, who's it suited to currently? How are you growing that out and what's your user base?
0: Yeah, so we, we're we really focused on our white labels and helping sort of large agricultural corporates, you know, sort of in the uh, crop or the, the cattle sheep cheap space at the moment like they're the ones that have got lots of apps on lots of different properties across australia and so we've got two or three of the key guys at the moment we're working with and sort of pulling together consolidated reports so this sort of really fits for large family farms as well with another a number of couple of, couple of properties um uh, but similarly you know we're working with uh, we've worked with auctions plus before to do some market insight type stuff um, as well. so we'd like to do some of that contextual uh, off farm stuff to bring and make it enabled to be added onto to, to um, the farmers that that have it. So that's where we're sort of really focused. but you know we're really enjoying the the work that we've doing with Syngenta at the moment as well in in what the opportunities are of just being that conduit. Helping farmers get hyperlocal uh, disease data uh, for their farm um, by sort of allowing them to control that that data connection through to through to that you know multinational um, to, but you know expert in the space.
1: Yep, and I've said this a few times now on farms for the different roles that people play and if they're sort of distinguishing those a bit more these days, especially for family corporates moving into those larger structures who do you who have you actually been dealing with and like i call it the ag tech officer for myself or in our farm who yes. is that and who's the most common sort of person that you're dealing with looking to onboard this ag tech
0: yeah so at the moment there's a bit of a mix you know sort of the operations officer manager sort of thing or all that you know it's uh we like to keep a bit of a presence so that, you know, if if one of the farm managers can see how to do it better and, you know, uh, particularly as a large uh, cropping uh, company that, you know, one of their farm managers was just a super tech type of guy and, and just loves loves sort of playing around with that, so, you know, he's, he's probably nearly their go-to. Uh, even though there's probably other people that are sort of um, that should be should be looking at this stuff, he's the one that's you know probably the you know dare I say it the bullshit uh, the sniffer sort of thing. You can just see straight away whether it's going to add value or it's just you know bullshit and it's not going to not going to fly or help the business beyond you know just the first instant.
1: And run us through Pear Tree. How how do people use it? Um, what's an example of a dashboard of you sort of going through just to, it is a podcast and we can't actually see visually unless you're looking on YouTube. Um, so how are people actually using it? How do the dashboards sort of outlay um, for it? So UX, I suppose?
0: Yeah. yeah so for, for, um, for Tree plus, which is just, you know, for, Uh, what you've got and what any farmer can can grab you know you can just jump on and you can have a look at you know your historic weather for the last 100 years see how the rainfall and the temperatures uh, are comparing to the 100 year average for the last two or 10 years Um, you can then jump on you know uh, another page which is specific to your farm uh the spray mate page so you can see what you know whether you should be spraying whether it's marginal or good conditions for the next 12 24 48 and seven days this sort of thing so which is really helpful you can jump onto mla's uh livestock salient reports or auctions plus um sort of indicators there uh, as well as some chicago border trade stuff and then finally we we give some really basic sentinel uh satellite imagery as well so you can have a look at your ndvi your water moisture index and also your shortwave infrared now I use a short wave infrared just to see clouds because that sort of just gives you the ability to sort of make sure that you're not misreading, particularly the NDVI uh, one there. So those those couple of bits sort of really, you know, are the first start to, you know, most of the things that affect a farmer's life. But if you're a corporate, we then, you know, they can jump in and swap between, you know, three or 20 different farms uh, see what the Optiways are, are doing individually on each farm. They can see, compare, you know, their SIBO labs, uh, all the different properties to see, you know, sort of how much pasture they have across the whole aggregation. Um, you know, you know, we're doing pulling a lot of numbers out of AgriWeb sort of thing to to give, you know, consolidated stock reports and and um, you know sort of uh, those sort of things. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of sort of uh, benefit. Uh, depending on the number of properties and all that and that's really the the big thing for the larger corporates or number of farms is that you know we can just pull pull everything into one page uh, and you know, we do do customization uh for a feed uh, for you know farmers or corporates to, to build their own page just as that that go to
1: yep for just a quick okay. rundown like my star dashboards I use auctions plus indicators livestock markets spray mate, um and a dabble of twitter on there just to keep up with what's going on uh yeah. and like with the with the um map overlays the moisture just sort of establishing like especially with our pastures and everything just to see what's going on like what the improvement is um yeah. dabbling in these not really using them to have an action off the back of that but just to see we're on the right track um that's sort of the way we've been using it. and I think spray mate's probably our biggest and most used sort of tool through um through Pear Tree as well, because we're not we aren't full blown croppers, mixed farmers, and we're just looking to improve and take those I think taking those decisions out of our hands and relying on the data that's coming through have has that played a role as well um throughout AgTech and throughout Pear Tree as well, you think farms are looking yeah. to produce that?
0: And I, yeah, and like we do a lot with data farming Tim Neal, who who won um the agritech uh, yep. uh, tech company of the of the year last last week or so. um but you know that's our basic ten meter resolution in in the you know, ndvi stuff that you're looking at is you know we're not trying to compete with Tim because uh, he does a sort of one point five meter or less sort of uh, resolution. so. We can host his better images back on our platform to to compare that uh, and then uh, put that over the top of the EM surveys uh, and then we can put John Deere uh, yield data back over the top of that again. So we can actually compare and see, you know, where, where either EM surveys and yield or EM surveys and, and crop health yep. um, uh, sort of correlate and don't correlate. So, you know, we've got that visualization, geospatial visualization approach to to enable farmers to to start storing a lot of their data and and um and you know that's probably the biggest thing that if you do put the data on there, we sort of they can people can farmers can swap and change, but we'll keep all that data there available. And so if they if weather station dies, um we're looking at that point geospatially. So it's it's that you know what is the weather in that paddock uh, and so there could have been two or three different providers over 10 years and we just give you the rainfall that has been recorded in that paddock regardless of the brand of the of the weather station
1: yeah beautiful and like the outcomes that you're wanting pear tree to have for people yep. what does a farm look like that uses pear tree what i suppose is the key selling points um for farmers what do you want them to be able to achieve off the back of utilising it?
0: Yeah, so that was where we started, you know, what you've got with Plus. Just firstly, if if you're a technophobe and you've got no idea about tech, that's completely fine. Like it's starting with Plus gives you that ability to just have a look at the imagery or, you know, you get your virtual weather station, which drives... Um, you know sort of spray mate and things like that but but then there's complete flexibility to to add a weather station and get to understand what the connectivity issues are or add some imagery from a data farming or a sebo labs or something like that if you're a cropper or a, or a livestock you know and and it's our approach is really you know to uh, allow the flexibility uh, of everything just coming in that the, you know some farmers are, you know, super sort of, you know, sort of carbon uh, rotational uh, farming, and so they they really want to look at, you know, what pastures on hand. You know, older farmers maybe sort of set stocking and all that, so they're just worried about water with, you know, farm bottle or, or wherever that's going, sort of thing. So all of that can sort of come in on that 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 one one platform, and and then you know we do have a carousel function that they can have in the kitchen or the tea room or the office. Of an extra screen that just goes through five or six or ten different screens, your starred screens could be just continually scrolling through. So you don't actually have to go into the apps. You can see the 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 headlines of the tanks or the pastures or the yep. the um rainfall going through. But but when you want to do a deep dive, you just jump straight back into the app and and sort of move stock around or add rainfall or or um, you know, sort of see what the, the long-term rainfall was or something like that.
1: Yeah, well, there's plenty going on, and if you want to collect that data, I suppose. But simple is key in starting out for any I new farmer coming onto the platform.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just start where you want. Like it's whatever. Like start for the lowest hanging fruit for you, sort of thing. And that's what I was sort of trying to say there a minute ago. If you, if you want really into cell grazing and you want to know, you know, what pastures ahead of you or whatever, then go to a sort of a pasture type type thing but you know we're not prescriptive in any of that sort of thing it's the choose your own adventure type the type of approach that we've tried to make that real provide farmers with real flexibility and what's going to benefit them um and our approach is we we charge 40 bucks a a month for an integration which is a bit over a dollar a day so if it's not going to add a dollar a day value to you to um jump on you know to add it to pear tree it's quite simple don't worry about it but when you get two or three things that you know you want to see together then then you know that three or four bucks is is then probably of value to to start putting it on pear tree that's that time
1: yeah absolutely and when you calculate that value it sort of comes back around quite quickly for yourself um and you'll be probably calculating that a lot more with the farms of the future program talk to us about that your role as pear tree in it and sort of how I'll actually put the areas, the regions that are involved within it. This is for New South Wales um, only and will be branched out later on in time, I suppose. Talk to us about that and your role.
0: Yeah, so there's about 50, 51 different providers that are available there. So um, the good thing is we're already working with 18 to 20 of them and so i if you look at the way we work you know we just provide those um you know an aggregation of those providers onto our platform and so we just you know we're, we're offering an integration approach uh for the farms of the future so they just will be very simple sort of integrations everything's connected together and then um the way that we show the data, farmers can start looking at, you know, what's happening at a paddock level uh, for each one of those, you know, sort of, again, come back to, you know, what I find interesting, the livestock, you know, oply way, uh, an agriweb sort of thing, as well as weather station, soil probes, tanks, water uh, troughs, all of that sort of stuff is is sort of really key uh, for that livestock piece. But but then also, you know, um, a lot of goanna stuff going uh, out on Meadows or, you know, sort of some of those key guys for for doing sort of, uh, cotton or or um you know sort of horticultural type crops as well
1: yeah horticulture is a huge space um especially yeah. do you think hort has more technology than like mixed farming livestock to cropping or is it a bit, yeah. bit even now
0: uh, look I think it's you know it, it's um I think it's much of a muchness there's just a huge growth and, and interest growing in 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 ag tech in general and I think now you know NBIT or Cat in One, which is sort of cellular type um, sense of uh, the sort of uh, connectivity. So they they work on the on the phone cellular approach, but they work you know because the data is very small packets. Generally, it's a bit like the old pager technology. It's sort of you may not happen to be able to talk on voice, but you can you know, sort of it, it still has connection and you can get a little message out and and that's that's the easiest way to think about that so now that you know nowhere on the globe is is uh has an issue with connectivity uh in ag tech and you know bill mitchell from optiways certainly proved that with you know putting units in you know far north queensland uh through all into uruguay and and those sort of areas sort of thing with with um their uh satellite swarm uh satellite technology so you know like that's anywhere farmers can put devices they just they, you know there is a few limitations but at least you can get a device anywhere you need now which is which is really important and hence why i think now's the right time to start really exploring ag tech and uh it's you know it's very commercial and and uh gives you actually a, a bang uh if you choose the right services that you know the low-hanging fruit as a farmer
1: yeah, well it's opening up the field or even paddock so much for the farmers. And we actually got room to play around and see how it can integrate into our own farms. But yep. for yourself, Hamish and the team, what does the future of Pear Tree look like? What do you want to develop into? Um, who do you want to be suited for? Yep.
0: Yeah. So we launched at Evoca in February, Pear Tree Pipes, and, and Pear Tree Pipes is really trying to streamline that process to enable farmers to opt their data into uh, services that they want from uh, different ag tech companies or different uh, consultants or agribusinesses and all that. So that approach is really sort of uh, going to be a seamless way for farmers to to just have a pear tree account and, um, and then connect through to you know uh, a disease model or frost and heat stress models or You know, a stewardship carbon uh, platform and all that. So, we're out beta testing that at at the moment with some um, uh, various companies to to uh, get that started and 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 make that easier. So, yeah, certainly um, that's where Pear Tree really wants to be is is making it making it easier for farmers to to maximise the value that that they have from the the investment in the ag tech that they have.
1: Absolutely, and moving forward, how can someone? Um, depending on what part of Pear Tree they want to sign up to, Pear Tree Plus, how can we actually yeah. sign up and what's that look like?
0: Yeah, so there's just a, an orange button on our website, so they can just go to the website peartree.co, just.co, uh, and, um, and Pear Tree is a pair of shoes. Um, and yeah, they can just go there, sign up for a 30 day free trial. We sort of Um, love to just get people on and and, uh, get any feedback good bad or ugly always happy to um, uh, you know sort of better understand what the market's looking for and and all of that so certainly um, encourage them to do that Uh, and then if you're a um, you know an agribusiness or a consultant or whatever they can just reach out and email us and um, we can talk about their data issues and, and how to how to you know speed up that that sort of on-farm double entry uh, issues and 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 make things easier to to you know give good value back to their clients.
1: Great stuff. And to round off, a few more questions to go. If you could ask the next guest on the podcast without knowing who they were, what would you ask them?
0: If they were a farmer, I would uh, definitely ask them whether they they've got their succession planning sorted. And, um, it's not about being greedy; it's just about understanding you know and not getting caught uh, i know uh, a heap of farmers that have got down the ugly end of sort of 50 uh 45 kids are at uh, uh, high school uh, college oh, sorry at, at uh, boarding school or something like that and then suddenly you know, they go through succession planning and, and basically they're nearly too old to to recover from it sort of thing so you know it's better to have a hard conversation early and and, and know what the lay of the land is it's, it's nothing about being greedy and wanting stuff it's just about making sure that you make the right choice going forward
1: absolutely I love that and also it needs to be repeated um pretty consistently as well to see how we can improve succession um, especially with these big ambitious goals for agriculture 100 billion dollar target we won't get there without farm succession successfully um compiling pear tree ag tech GPT everything what is the one piece of farms advice you'd like people to take away from this episode it's been pretty in depth but I sort of want people just to take one thing away what what's that
0: yeah the the piece I would say is you know if you haven't started uh on your Agtech journey just go and find something you know it's it's until you actually get in there and you understand a bit of the lingo um you know so work out you know the the farms of the future process was really interesting putting farmers make them find out what their pain points were so you know you follow that ideology write down the things you hate for about a month and then um uh, whether it's going to check waters, or you know, sort of working out, doing pasture cuts, or you know, sort of checking the rain gauge, whatever it is, then after you do that, you know, go and buy that piece of tech. Uh, generally, you get a 30-day free trial anyway, sort of on some of them. So just get to know the lingo, get to know um, what you're doing, and then, and then you know, you can. You know, keep on keep on sort of investing in other ag tech that's going to make life easier or or communications uh, within the operation easier.
1: Yeah, that's what it's about and optimizing, especially when land prices are going through the roof. Bit neutral at the so, moment, but still yeah. more um, so to optimize what you're doing. But yeah. for anyone looking to contact yourself um, at Pear Tree there or your social media, how can they do so? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so emails just Hamish at CareTree.co. Uh, Twitter's uh, pear tree underscore dash. and then LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagrams all just pear Tree Intelligence. So yeah, so jump in, follow us. Uh, yeah, certainly um, uh, keen to get any feedback and and um, and also get you know sort of any inquiries of of people got uh, the questions or sort of wanting to know more. So happy to happily definitely do that
1: beautiful you can watch hamish scooting around to where ag tech applies across australia we'll have them in the show notes anyway so if you're keen to check what hamish and the team are doing um there you can do so hamish thanks so much for coming on have a good ag tech conversation i think it's pretty refreshing to especially from your position as well um because you're talking to the other ag techs as well i think it's pretty cool what you're doing so congratulations and keep going yeah no thanks mate
0: I'd- love my job I'm lucky enough to be talking with all the the leaders in the a-tech space that you know there are you know there's particular companies out there that are you know every day they're waking up to just work their ass off for farmers and you know this gives me confidence as well to if I can do our little part and you know really add value to them and add value to farmers and you know together and there's a lot of collaboration happening at the moment as well so I think long term you know Australia's probably really at the forefront of, you know, ag tech and, and, you know, having the greatest future opportunities for, you know, sort of, you know, getting to that $100 billion uh, and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, no, thanks, mate.
1: It's all playing a role. This Farms Advice episode does not stop here. Come and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or TikTok and even join our Facebook group. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more on this episode and spread the hashtag farmsadvice to your mates. If you can leave a review on Apple or Spotify, that will let other farmers find us too. But until then, see you next Tuesday.